Miracy. When clients come to me or someone comes to me and says, I'm not making the revenue I want to make, they automatically think it's a sales problem. But I'm going to challenge everybody listening to this today. Most of the time, it's actually not a sales problem. It's a branding or a marketing issue that's causing the sales issue. Do you ever feel like running your own business is just too complicated? Are you finding it hard to differentiate between branding, marketing, and sales? There's no need to worry anymore because we're going to guide you to navigate this tricky terrain so you can achieve your goals with confidence and ease. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you're listening to Just Between Coaches. I run a business called The Coaches Console, and we're proud to have helped tens of thousands of coaches create profitable and thriving businesses. This is a podcast where we answer burning questions that newer coaches would love to ask a more experienced coach. Branding, marketing, and sales, they're three essential components of any successful business. Understanding the difference between marketing, branding, and sales can help you develop a comprehensive business plan that drives growth and success. And today, I've invited Dina Patton to the show. Dina is a business coach and speaker. She's founder of Dina Patton Coaching and Training, LLC, and she's coached thousands of private clients and world-changing entrepreneurs to lead with confidence, to help them elevate their profits and build their systems. She's a global speaker on mindset and highest potential and has written a best-selling book, The Greatness Game. Welcome, Dana. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited about really getting into the nitty-gritty of this topic, but before we dive in, would you mind just sharing a little bit of your background? Absolutely. I have been a business coach for 22 years, and it's been an incredible journey. And like most coaches, you know, there's a lot of twisting and turning and evolving and reinvention in, in those times. And um, before that, I owned a PR marketing agency in New York City that I sold. And that was, you know, a ton of my life that I knew I wanted something more and I wanted to contribute more and fell in love with coaching and thought this might be my next season. And it ended up being 22 years. So like you said, I work with business owners and leaders around the world and help them in three areas, the mindset leadership, the sales and marketing, and the systems. Let's just define branding, marketing, and sales. How do you define those? What are the key differences between these three concepts? I love giving the distinction of these three because they are thrown around a lot. You know, Uh a lot of people who collapse the three of them, but they work together, but they are very, very different. And so when we start to really unpack them and learn the distinction between them, we can do them better. And here's the short version. This is what I say is the branding is a me conversation. It's about me and my brand. Marketing is an attraction conversation. It's all about getting your target market to look, getting their attention. And then sales is a conversion conversation. And that is all about purchasing. When clients come to me or someone comes to me and says, I'm not making the revenue I want to make, they automatically think, it's a sales problem. 
But I'm going to challenge everybody listening to this today. Is most of the time, it's actually not a sales problem. It's a branding or a marketing issue that's causing the sales issue, right? The lack of revenue or lack of conversion. You become unlimited in the revenue that you want to earn if you know how to do the three of them correctly. They work together. They're designed to work together, but they are distinct and different. Let's go to branding. You called that the me conversation. Tell us more about that. Absolutely. So that's step one of the five steps. And it's so important. You know, I think a lot of people don't like doing the behind the scenes working on your business because we don't just want to be out there with our clients and transforming lives. And of course, that's what we're made to do. But there's so much of our business that is behind the scenes that make us successful with our clients um, to serve the world. So branding is these components. It's your vision. Where are you going? Your values. What do you stand for? Your non-negotiables. Um, I always coach people to hire, fire, and lead daily by your values. Every decision you make in your business should be going through the filter of your values. And if you're not, that's how you get off track. So values are super important. And even if you have no employees, it's you standing for your values. And what I can tell you and been doing this for a very long time, when you become your values and you speak about your values and your values are on your website and they're very authentic and they are very real for you, what it does is it attracts people with the same values. Values attracts values. We don't do our values to sell. It's not a selling. It's something that keeps us authentic and grounded. But the bonus is people love working with people who are aligned to their values. So it's really important that you are that. And then the purpose, you know, why are you doing this? And, you know, there's a saying, if you lose your why, you lose your way. And you got to know your why. The vision, values, and purpose have kept me very on track and growing and doubling my business every couple of years because I know those three. So those three are super important. And then the um, last piece of brandy is your brand identity and your brand promise. So your brand identity, we all know that. This is your fonts and your colors and how your business looks. It's I can look at your brochure. I can look at your business card. I can look at your email signature. I can look at your website and your blogs and see that there's a consistency in your brand identity. Your brand promise is how you make people feel. So if I read your website and I read your blog and then I saw you speaking, is the tone and what I'm feeling as your audience consistent, right? One of my big words is empowerment. I want people, every time I leave them, I want them to feel more empowered than they did before me, right? It's behind everything I write and everything I speak is part of my brand promise is to empower others. And that's not just people who hate me. Right. Our brand promise is not just, okay, if you pay me, I'll give you my brand promise. No, your brand promise is who you are. How do you make people feel when you're networking and when you're on podcasts and when you're speaking and when you write your book? Like all of that has that tone. So brand promise and brand identity, super important and it has to stay consistent. So those are the me conversations that really can ground your brand. And you're like, I know who I am. This is who I am. And without that, you're a little on quicksand. 
the experience that a lot of new coaches have is their fear of, I just have to get clients. So I'll coach anybody. I just need to, I just need to coach people. I want to coach people or I just need to make some money. And when those fears take over, like I love the analogy of quicksand that you gave because we lose ourselves and we don't have that branding and that branding creates that solid firm footing for us to stand on to feel better about putting ourselves out there. Let's pull out marketing for a second. I love the distinction that you gave, the me conversation, attraction, and conversion conversation. So marketing is all about attraction, getting attention. I know when I talk about this in our events, it's about generating awareness so that people know what you're up to and the transformation you provide. And it's about collecting those that are interested and guiding them to a decision and helping them take action. When it comes to getting their attention, what are some of the things that you have to pay attention to in creating clarity with your marketing? Yeah, such a good question. So marketing is step two in in my five-step framework. But when I'm taking someone through this, there's three really important steps that you've got to work on to create your marketing to be really effective and really get that attention of your target market. So the first of all is you have to understand who your target market is. So there's four target markets. There's champagne clients, wine clients, beer clients, and no way clients. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And if you're a coach or a consultant, you need to be focusing on your champagne and wine clients. There's no time, money, and energy on beer clients and definitely no time, money, and energy on no way clients. Beer clients, just to give you the distinction of that, are people who are only shopping through one lens, and that is price. I'm going to talk to you you who want the champagne clients and the wine clients because those are the people who really want the much bigger transformation. So first of all, knowing who those people are and where to reach them. And you're going to do such a better job if you understand who that person is. So, you know, like for me, my target market, my champagne is CEOs who own a business between five and 75 employees. So I'm speaking at those conferences. I'm speaking on those podcasts. I'm getting in front of those champagne clients. So I encourage everybody to really understand your target market, your champagne client, your ultimate ideal champagne client. Where are they? Who are they? And how are you going to get their attention? And then your wine client, you know, they still want the transformation. Maybe they don't want the big package you have, but they're a really amazing client. Who are they and how do you get in front of them? So that's step one is understanding your target market. Two is landing language. That is the actual language that you're using for your website, your brochures, your social media, your newsletter, your blog, um, your speeches. All the language that you use is really important. It needs to be curated for your champagne and wine client. That's why it's so important to know who those people are. I had a client who was a very high-end remodeling company, and they did incredible work. But their website actually looked like they did beer work, not champagne work. And um, and they were just like, "What? why are half of our consultations not our clients? Like, we're not attracting the right people. And once I did an audit on it, you know, I really pulled the language that they were using. And I was like, showing them that they're using beer language. And so 
we did a little bit of work around their landing language and up-leveled their language to, if you're going to sell champagne, you've got to sell champagne. You've got to have beautiful pictures and beautiful words, and it completely transformed their, their revenue. So landing language, super important, making sure that your language lands for your champagne clients and it's solving the problems that they're looking for. And then the third thing in marketing is to really understand what you are selling, the tangible that you are selling and the intangible that you are selling. So when we look at Starbucks, right, we all have been at Starbucks and the copy, the tea, the Danishes, those are all tangible. But here's the really important part. Starbucks has done such a good job at their intangibles. Their intangibles are community, belongings, time, sit here for two hours and read a book or meet a friend. That intangible, you know, no one would say, oh, Starbucks sells belonging and community and time, but we all know they do. That's why we go there and meet a friend. Um, because they do a really good job at the intangible things that we love about Starbucks. So as your brand, you have to understand your tangibles and your intangibles. At Coach's Console, you know, what we sell is the software, our coach programs, uh-huh. the intangible, every one of our students, users, grads, they all talk about, they feel more confident right? So confidence is the intangible of what we're selling, the community that they're part of, of like-minded entrepreneurs. Now, I want to go back to the second one that you just talked about for a minute, the landing language, because I am a stickler for this as well. I don't think people spend near enough time, energy, and attention on this crucial step right here. And it's one of the things that we see a lot with the folks that go through our programs, they get stuck on market research. So many newer coaches and entrepreneurs will begin to dig their heels in to land their language. Why is that? What's your experience with that? I think a lot of people are scared of the marketing pieces in general. It's big. It's a big animal. And if you don't have someone walking you through it, it can be very overwhelming. We have to understand our target market's pain, which is what we're talking about in our language. But if you don't understand your target market and what you are solving for them, your marketing is a lot of guessing and that's a lot of hoping. So, you know, that's what I would say is, again, back to understand your target market. I want to give this little tip. When I started coaching, I was coaching in a lot of areas. But what I realized about 10 years in is I'm really brilliant. My brilliant lane are in these three. They matched three major pain points that my target market has. So the pain point in your brilliant lane, you have to match up. If you have a brilliant lane, but no one has that pain, no one's going to pay you to solve it because they don't have that pain. When you understand that, then your marketing language becomes a lot easier. Because if you look at my website or hear me speak, I'm going to always be speaking in these three lanes. I'm going to be speaking about marketing and sales pains, mindset and leadership pains, or systems pain. Now, You know, the coach in me wants to say, all right, we're going to stop this episode right now. We're not going to, so don't go anywhere, anybody. But I want to say that. And I want to say, okay, go get a piece of paper and draw a line down the middle and write the pain points that you know about your people on the left and on the right. Write all of your brilliant lanes and see where do they match up. But we're not going to end the episode there because we have some more topics to discuss. 
The third one that you mentioned was the sales being a conversion conversation. Talk about that a little bit. So I see this all the time. You know, I have clients, they've done marketing and they've done branding. The sales system of how they invite people to work with them is a hodgepodge. There's not a system. There's not clarity. There's not power around it. It is loosey-goosey is the best word that I can say. So the conversion uh, conversation, it does start in marketing. We've all heard of call to action, right? If you're a health coach and you're talking about maybe you specialize in weight loss and your ideal woman is 50 plus, right? That wants just complete transformation in her health. She wants her whole package, right? And your blogs are around those pay points. And you have no call to action at the end of that blog. It just ends. Like you give this brilliant story or these tips in your blog, and then there's no call to action in your blog. That is where your sales system starts, is your call to action. So a call to action is a very, very simple step, one step that people take to step closer to you. The step might be buy my book. The step might be put here for a consultation, right? A free consultation. Um, But here's the important part. It has to be there. Sales starts with a simple invitation to do something that has nothing to do with money for the most part. It's low cost, no cost. If you're a coach and you are allowing people to work with you without a consultation, your sales system is broken. You have to have a consultation. You have to determine if people are a fit for you. Um, my first business, I accepted everybody that if you pay me, I said yes to you. <laughs> I think a lot of people have learned that lesson. Mine ended up three years of that working 17 hours a day, filling myself for my business ended up, I had a minor stroke at 27. And let me tell you, it put me on my knees. I had to learn how to speak again. I had to recover for a year. It was horrible. And it was a horrible lesson around self-care and boundaries. And when you are working with a jerk client or five jerk clients, it will drain you and it will kill you. So our consultation is a gateway for us to really determine, is this a champagne and wine client that I want to work with? You're trying to determine two things is, do they have pain I can solve? And what package is going to serve them best? That is what you're doing in a consultation. When you come to the end of that consultation, this is a really important piece. This is where you're going to decline them and refer them out, or you're going to accept them and tell them the package that you think is the best fit. If you don't know how to do that, you're probably struggling with not making the revenue you want because that consultation has to be clear it has to be authentic. It has to be, you need to feel connected to them. But at the end of the day, you've got to get to their pain and see if you can solve it. And if you have a package that's appropriate for them to, uh, you know, that, that they can buy. So it's really important that your sales system is clear from the moment you do call to actions that it's touching on their pain. It's pulling them into the next mini step. Then your consultations are clear and you're getting to the pain. You're understanding the package you're selling, and then you're onboarding them. It's all consistent, it's all simple, and it's all authentic. 
I love that. And so many times coaches will put so much of their effort and energy and attention onto the marketing aspect of it, that attraction conversation, getting attention, bringing the people in, that they don't put the same amount of attention on the actual consultation that you're talking about. And so I find that they will often fly by the seat of their pants or make stuff up as they go along. And what I find is a lot of them, when I'm reviewing their their conversations, their enrollment calls, uh, they are creating more friction for the people that are thinking about working with them. They're increasing their resistance. We cannot contribute to their friction mm-hmm. and resistance. We are the ones to smooth it out. So good. Yeah. Now, if somebody's stuck, where does somebody begin to look first to make adjustments? Like, how do you know where to start making those adjustments? Because if you try to make adjustments with everything, you don't know which thing to keep doing or not. So how does somebody begin to make adjustments with these? If you have a business coach, discuss this with them. If you don't have a business coach, hire one. If you can't hire Mm -hmm. if yourself a self-audit. So you want to look at brandy. You know, is it clear, not just in your head, but like in your materials, you have to put your audience hat on and your your consumer hat on and look at your website, not from your eyes, from their eyes. You know, is this person clear in who they are? And is the vision and the values, it's the why compelling? Is the brand promise and identity clear? Give yourself that audit and, and give yourself some ratings, one to 10, and then go to your marketing and Look at if you're speaking to and you're speaking into that target market, your champagne and wine clients. Are you speaking into them with your marketing language? And is your tangible and intangibles clear? A lot of people might be asking, well, how do I, how do I figure out my intangibles? Your clients say it in their testimonials. So give yourself that audit and see if your tangibles and intangibles are really clear. And then look at your sales. Give yourself a rating of your call to action. Give yourself a rating for your consultation. Give yourself a rating for your closing. If they're all one out of tens, you've got to work on them. I mean, you could choose a weekend and really rate yourself, work on these, and starting Monday morning, be ready to rock on a much, much bigger level. Love that. Now, let's look at some mistakes. What are some common mistakes that people make when it comes to branding, marketing, and sales? How, how do they avoid them? One, comparing yourself to other people. Now, I've, I've been a business coach for 22 years. I have a ton of friends that are also business coaches. I'm in the community of business coaches. I feel completely saturated, right? There's people way below me and behind me, and there's people way ahead of me and more successful than me. And I can't compare myself to either group. You know, what makes me fireable is me. Our authenticity is our biggest currency. So when you are doing this work on your business, you've got to be understanding yourself and your authenticity and not comparing yourself to other people. Um, you can look at other people's and get get inspired, but make it your own. Comparison is the thief <laughs> of coaches. And you know, be brilliant in your lane and be authentic, and you will do this in a great way. That's a big one. A final question I want to ask is, what are some of the emerging trends that you're seeing right now with branding, marketing, and sales? How can coaches and businesses 
be mindful of this and even stay ahead of the curve in these areas? I think that it's important, you know, to know your own sales goals. If you want to make $50,000 this year, you've got to be closing $4,200 a month. So understanding your sales game and back engineering that, right? And if this is your year to hit $200,000, you're closing $16,000 a month. I think the last few years, the trend has always been around the marketing piece. Get marketing out there. Be obsessed with social media. Write your blogs. Write a book. Like It's too overwhelming. I think the trend um, is really leaning to do what works for your target market. And I'm excited about it because I've never been a coach that says, you've got to do everything. You've got to be everywhere. That is not the truth. You've got to be where your target market is, period. So be clear, be courageous, be consistent. I think another trend that's really positive is hiring VAs for the things that you do not have to be doing. As you grow, you want to stay more in your brilliant lane of coaching and speaking and and getting your words and your messaging and your transformation out in the world. And I think that really speaks to another trend that I'm seeing. You you mentioned it earlier. It is huge for me and has been for years, and that's self-care. And I think my own personal opinion and observation is that with the pandemic, you know, it really put the accelerator on everybody questioning what really matters and what's important. And we hear that phrase quality of life. And I think it's being carried over to what I call quality of business. It's like, how do I want to be in my business? What do I want my lifestyle and my business style to be so that I can do my best work and create transformation while I'm loving it, not working my finger to the bones? I think that's a trend that's really picking up speed as well. And Dina, I have a feeling that you and I could talk about this for days, but let's do a quick summary. You kicked us off with talking about how these three topics of branding, marketing, and sales, they work together, but they're different. And love that distinction. The me conversation for branding, the attraction conversation for marketing, the conversion conversation for sales. And we really dove into marketing and understanding what our target market is, landing our language, and understanding what you're selling, both the tangible and intangible. You gave us a fantastic tip of pain point that your people have and your brilliant lane, like they've got to match up. We got into branding and the five areas that we have to pay attention to for branding and what really matters is the consistency of it all. We got into sales and the key elements of what's involved with sales. And we talked about some of the mistakes. Uh, Don't compare ourselves to other, way easier said than done. And you gave us this awesome, you kind of slipped it in there, but I really want to call it out. What makes me hireable is me. Our authenticity is our biggest currency. Like that should be plastered on everybody's walls. We talked about emerging trends. And if we're not sure where things aren't working, you even gave us some guidance for that self-audit and to assess these three areas in our businesses. Dina, do you have any parting words that you want to share with our listeners? Trust yourself. This is a journey of uh, serving others, transforming others. The more you are grounded in trusting yourself and the, your methodology and your work and your authenticity, the more you, more you trust that and you own that, the more your business will 
serve more people and that impact and that income are going to reflect that. Beautiful. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Between Coaches. And also a big thank you to Dina Patton for this incredible conversation. You can find out more about her at dinapatton.com. That's Dina, D-E-N-A, Patton, P-A-T-T-O-N.com. And in the episode show note, you'll find a resource link to get three amazing gifts from her. Dina, thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. Just Between Coaches is part of the Mercy FM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Self-Awakened Lifestyle and Course Lab. Mishi Lance produced this episode. I wrote this episode together with her. Cynthia Lamb is our supervising producer. Danny Innie is our executive producer, and post-production was by Post Office Sound. If you want to listen to upcoming and previous great episodes on Just Between Coaches, please follow us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you might be listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Miracy. And so the tailor, having gathered together the beautiful scraps, began to sew. He stitched and he sewed and he sewed and he stitched. And by the morning time, he had made himself a beautiful coat. Now, when he wore his coat into the market, everyone admired it so much that the tailor decided to wear the new coat everywhere. And that's what he did. He wore it and wore it and wore it until it was all worn out. Or was it? In each episode of Once Upon a Business, Lisa shares a fairy folk or traditional tale and then extracts rich business lessons that are applicable for entrepreneurs, coaches, and course creators. Stories always take us on a journey from one place to the next. Sometimes this journey is literal, sometimes it's metaphorical, but always we find ourselves transformed. This story, The Tailor's Coat, originating from Europe, takes us through a literal transformation of the pieces of cloth and yet somehow teaches a powerful lesson. It does speak to a common entrepreneurial journey. Many of us start out working for someone else and give them everything we've got. Perhaps the tailor finally deciding to make something for himself is similar to the entrepreneurial desire to begin to create a business for ourselves. We take the scraps, the skills that we've developed, the experience that we've gained, and we launch our own business. I think it's an incredibly important skill for an entrepreneur, for anybody running a business, to be able to know that creating something out of nothing is always possible. And it's often the way forward because it's out of the scraps of what's been done before. It's out of almost the missing pieces that are not quite there that we can actually bring our creativity and bring our determination and bring our vision to create something really wonderful, really brand new and really beautiful. And then we can walk around the town with it. You know, we can be proud. We can step out 
and we can wear it until it's almost worn out, but not quite. To hear more of Lisa's stories and learn the deep lessons they carry, make sure you subscribe to Once Upon a Business wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you every other week with a brand new episode.